Welcome to Virtual Expat, where we investigate the interplay between living overseas and living online. What happens to our online presence, our online persona, when we change countries? Does anything happen? Does one support the other? Does one conflict with the other? I don't know, but I wanted to find out, so I'm going to interview a lot of expats in order to get to the heart of this question. Is there interplay between our online selves and our geographically mm, varied self? What can I say about Ronald? Okay, let me set the scene, because there needs to be a story for this introduction. I started to listen to Ronald's new podcast, Creativity Root, very recently, and I had it on my calendar to actually contact him once I completed all five episodes that he already had out in the world. But for some reason, I woke up on the day that this podcast was recorded, and I thought that's it. I'm not going to wait till I listen to all five episodes. I'm so inspired by what he's doing and his presence. Let's contact him. So I sent him a quick message via WeChat and lo and behold, he lives in Nanjing and he was on his way to Shanghai where I live. Fast forward a few hours and I was able to interview Ronald that same evening. How in the world that happened just feels like fate. And the two hours that we talked feels like it could have been tripled and I wouldn't even have noticed. He is such an intelligent, interesting, creative, sensitive person, and I am so happy that whatever it was in the universe that kicked my butt that day into not waiting until it felt like just the right time that I was completely prepared for this conversation. I'm so glad I had this conversation when I did, and I am really thankful that he had a flexible enough schedule to squeeze me in that day. So thank you, Ronald, and thank you to everybody that's going to make it through the two hours of our conversation. If you do, I think you will really, really thank yourself. Well, thank you, Ronald, for joining me today. No, thank you for inviting me. Yay! All right, so what we normally do in the beginning is the super awkward, you have 30 seconds, introduce yourself to our audience. <laughs> yeah, I hate that part. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm Ronald Paredes. I'm a graphic designer and an artist from Caracas, Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in China for 12 years Mm -hmm. and uh, I've been very lucky actually because Mm -hmm. since I came to China I have been doing the exact same thing that Mm -hmm. I was doing in my country just doing design and doing uh, art so I haven't been you know in in the necessity of Mm -hmm. teaching English or something like that that I wouldn't do anyway. You lucky duck. Yeah. <laughs> Where have you lived in China? I know you're in Nanjing now. Yeah, always in Nanjing. Always in Nanjing? I have been always in Nanjing. Whoa. I never moved. Only visited uh, all the places, but yeah. always in Nanjing. Wow. Okay then. Yeah, I, because I, I got a job there, yeah. and uh, my family is there, and my, my, my kids, mm-hmm. and uh, so I. I toyed with the idea of moving to other places, but it never really happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was going okay there. Wow. Is China the only place that you've lived outside of Venezuela? Uh, no. I I was in Europe. I was I lived in England for like a year, mm-hmm. almost a year. Then, uh, for some circumstances, uh, I moved to Italy. Mm-hmm. 
But it is fun. You're smiling like there's a woman involved, <laughs> and I don't want to get too I personal. Wish. But no, I okay. Wish. It, was a, it was a fat guy. Okay. <laughs> it was the no. It was the, uh, the immigration officer. Who, oh no. Who refused me and sent me back to Italy yeah. during some holidays? Oh jeez. Deported, actually. Oh joy. He just didn't believe that I yeah. have the, 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 you know, the means to support myself. Yeah. And he just took me back with the, with the excuse that, that you could ask the visa in Italy. And <clears throat> when I got to Italy, they yeah. told me, no, you cannot. <laughs> so, so I didn't want to stay illegal in England. I yeah. didn't want to stay illegal in Italy. So I stayed in Italy the three months that we get. Yeah. And uh, then I went back to my country. That was in 2003. Yeah. Yeah, but living in other countries other than yeah. that, no. Okay. Just visited other places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, those are two, they're very different, three very different areas. China, Italy, and England. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's quite, those are quite different. It was an experience. Yeah, Tragic. I bet. Oh, yeah. no. No, you had to stay three months in Italy? Oh, torture. <laughs> no. You know what? Because the, it was funny because the officer told me that I could ask the visa in mm -hmm. Italy. I just packed the bag for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. And all my life was back in England. So I couldn't get back to England yeah. to pick up my books yeah. and my music and my clothes and all, everything. Yeah. It was in England. This is one of my worst nightmares as an expert. This is horrible. Every time, I don't do visa runs anymore because I'm too old to do the jobs where you work for a month while they do your visa and then you get your real visa. I don't do that anymore. Mm. But I used to. And sometimes it would happen the second year. Like you'd have that awkward period yeah. where you're like, am I staying? Am I going? I'm going to go to this country and then come back. And I was always like, what if I can't get back in? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it always was in my mind. It hasn't happened yet, but okay. Do I have wood? There we go. But it could still happen, I suppose. Yeah. But oh. So you just awful. carry your valuables, your most I do. valuable yeah. <laughs> your treasures with you yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is usually like my computer, important documents, and my shoes. Mm. For me, it's books. <laughs> yeah. Well, those I can buy again. But I've, I've um, found that most places in the world have really crappy walking shoes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I would carry books if I had more space. But Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, and it, I hate that it, it was a good lesson on, on detachment from material things. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. get your stuff back? Uh, my CDs. All the stuff that was in England that you didn't have? Uh, just my CDs and some yeah. books. Because my best friend who was keeping my stuff in there, yeah. he moved to Spain and then I went to visit him mm. after 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we couldn't ask him to keep it for 10 years. Yeah, well, he was then. a good friend and he kept the stuff. He still yeah. kept some stuff yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so we're going to go back to 2003. What were you doing online, if anything? It's still pretty early in the internet game. So there was nothing to do online. Nothing to do online. When there did you start? Do When do you remember starting to do stuff online? Even just email or <laughs> anything? You know, the first thing that, that, that the first, um, let's say, relevant thing that I made online mm -hmm. or that I did online was to find my first wife. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I came to China. Oh, okay. So yeah. that was through a website? Like a dating website? High Five. It was the name. Right. Uh, that it was, that website existed. Uh, I think that, that, that website got absorbed yeah. by Friendster. Oh, I remember 
your Friendster? Yeah. Is that still around? I don't think so. Oh, okay. But Friendster got absorbed, no, High Five yeah. got absorbed by Friendster before okay. it was uh, two different websites. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's where I met my first wife. Oh, okay. And, uh, and so you were doing dating websites before even email? Uh, yeah, but you know, the funny thing is that that wasn't a, a dating website, it was like a just friendship. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. And uh, I always have this thing for Chinese girls. And I found this gorgeous Chinese girl in that place. And I just, yeah. Just talk to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we started just like online dating. Mm -hmm. It was between High Five and Skype. Ah, okay. That happened, that was in the year 2005. That's still pretty early on in the, yeah. the online sphere. Okay. And uh, I was working in an advertising agency. Mm -hmm. And I was getting paid for talking to my <laughs> wife. Good job. Check. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go backwards. Right now, you've got... A podcast and a website. Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit? The podcast. The first was the website. When I came mm -hmm. to to China, I was already building websites mm -hmm. by myself. I was programming in HTML, mm -hmm. very basic stuff. Uh, I did study in, in HTML and mm -hmm. Flash back in my country. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you, will, you know, people would build the entire website in Flash. Yep. It was very heavy and very complicated. Mm -hmm. I never learned uh, XML, it was the language for Flash, mm. because it's super complicated yeah. and, and with new version, you will have to learn the, the, the language like from scratch, mm -hmm. basically. It's was Flash pre-CSS or has CSS existed? Previous. Previous to Yeah. Jeez, okay. It was pretty, uh, actually, I I discovered CSS or I started using CSS once I was in China. Mm -hmm. But I th there is a website. Actually, there is a website from that time mm -hmm. that is still online. One of my clients, he haven't updated yet. From twelve years ago. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> ten years. Yeah. Ten years. From ten years ago. And uh, I made that website in, in HTML completely. Yeah. And he's still, he's still, he's not using it really because mm -hmm. now the website, the, the clients, they, they require that mm -hmm. they can update the website mm -hmm. and they can, you know, add stuff by themselves. Mm -hmm. and so yeah, I don't do that anymore. You need some level of programmation that I don't, I yeah, don't yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, st I stopped offering web design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the beginning, yeah, we'll, you know, put all the, the website together in HTML. Yeah. And, but I wasn't, there was not really a lot of activity to do, there was, um, I had my, what was this, there was this website with the little, the, the three people, the logo, they're very popular, it's like the first platform for three friends. People. Oh gosh, let me think, if I reach, reach far, <coughs> far, far back, I remember. MySpace, Hotmail, MySpace. MySpace. MySpace has three people in the logo? Yeah, it's like a three little people. Really? Like, like a three eyes. You would remember logos. You do graphic design. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember like really wanting the music to be better than it was, just hitting play all the time going, no, 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 mm. no. <laughs> huh. Okay, okay. Well, so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I have my, my, my space. Yeah. Like everybody did. 
But I wasn't really focused on, on online media. I remember mm-hmm. when YouTube was created mm-hmm. because being in the, in the, in the, in the agency, mm-hmm. my creative director, he's also a filmmaker. Oh, okay. He was so excited about YouTube. Yeah. They used to have a, like a five minute limit or something, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. That's it wasn't gone. at the very beginning, yeah. but it was in the news everywhere. This is YouTube, this new platform. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I really didn't understand what it was about. Mm. Uh, he, he tried to explain to me what YouTube was about, mm. but uh, he was excited because for the first time you can produce videos, short videos, and you can put them on, and you can mm-hmm. have your channel and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I do remember when that happened. Yeah. But I, I wasn't doing anything. Uh, yeah. I was focused on, on coming to China. And yeah. Yeah. So when did you start to do stuff other than work online? That would be, you know, honestly, my presence online. Yeah. Like my my a presence online that I would maintain. Yeah. Was in two thousand eight okay. when with Facebook. Yeah. So a good decade. That's a yes. pretty decent amount of time to be online. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2008. It was at the beginning, yeah, probably late 2000, 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and about when I left Facebook. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it was about time. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny because uh, I was working in a school. Hmm. Uh, I was doing design for a school, and uh, the boss of the school was mm-hmm. the one who introduced me to Facebook. Yeah. But because it was supposed to be a platform for uh, schools, mm-hmm. for universities, uh, and this lady, she wanted to uh, work with universities in the U.S. to, yeah. to educate the kids in her school to, to go study in, in the U.S. Yeah. So she mentioned Facebook, and, and I, could, I, I got you know, hooked in the in the Facebook thing. Oh my god, I was so addicted. And it was, yeah, it was like a good year putting stuff in there. 2004. My magic information boxes with Facebook existed in 2004. Yeah. Wow, yeah, no, I wasn't. But being in China, mm-hmm. uh, that was like the big boom. Yeah. And it happened that we had the Olympics in Beijing. Yes. And everything was wonderful until the, the Olympics were over. Until they were over. Yeah. So you had Facebook during that the Beijing Olympics. Yes. It wasn't there wasn't the, the firewall. Just when the, the no yeah. they couldn't block it because it would be very controversial to have to <laughs> blocking all yeah. the all the platforms yeah. and all the social media while the the media have all the eyes on China. So they have to wait until the, the Olympics were over mm, 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 mm. and all the fuss was over to do their thing. Which is kind of the opposite of what happens now. Because when there's a big event now in China, now they don't care. Now the <laughs> yeah. firewall gets stronger and you have to wait for the event to be over. And we're, then about, we're about to hit that now. We are. It's yeah. Between now, between August, uh, September, October, yeah. it's that time that. Things start getting difficult in China. What is what is somebody was talking about a conference that's coming to China soon? What is that conference? The 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 CCP the CPPP government. Is that the one that happens the, twice a year or something? I think that once a year. Once a year. Yeah. Okay. That is uh, the the whole uh, communist party. Yeah. They have the conference. Yes. 
and uh, in that time we are completely isolated. Yeah. That's when the new season's coming out. Yay, yeah. listeners, yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I timed this badly. <laughs> so it's like everybody's backing up with 2 and 3 VPNs and uh, oh. they'll get blocked. And okay, okay. That's, I'll definitely be working we'll on my tiny learning skills yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> well, it happens, oh uh, actually they only block, uh, they're only blocking mobile because on computers you can, you can still really? work. Really? Yeah. Honestly, though, a huge portion of what I do is on my phone. So you should get prepared. Yeah. yeah. If it's for a short time, I don't care because it, it keep it's. I've been back a year and a half, and it's been happening on and off. Yeah, happens like yeah, it's like two yeah. months. But it's funny because uh, during those two months, then they start the the, the rumors that oh, now yeah. in from January. It's completely, you know. Do you remember last and, year when they were like, in January they're gonna completely shut down everything. Yeah. No VPN's gonna work. Here we sit. I'm, I'm totally gonna jinx this now. <laughs> but here we sit in what August 2018, eight months after it was supposed to happen, and yeah. so far, okay, ish. Yeah, no. Actually, the government yeah. they send a, 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 a communication. They said they're not gonna block anything. It's not gonna happen. It's just rumor. That, yeah. Official government well, there's, said that. There's also a rumor that Google is working on a China-approved web or uh, browser. Browser? I no, heard search engine. About search that, engine. Google has been yeah. trying for a while. Too. Yeah. And they were interviewing. I listened to a podcast today. Funny that. And they were talking. They were interviewing Chinese people, and they were saying, you know, I kind of got out of the habit because it hasn't been readily available. So now I'm so used to Baidu. If Google comes back. Yeah. Why do I need it? And actually, like, uh, Baidu was making claims that they were saying that it doesn't matter if Google comes back mm -hmm. with all functionality, yeah. full functionality, no. they, would, they would beat them anyway. Yeah, I bet they would. I doubt. <sighs> the thing is, if Google comes back with the Chinese version, is it going to be as accurate or usable as what they're already used to with Baidu? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, so that's the thing. If you if they if Google comes back. <laughs> They're Are really they gonna, back, yeah. yeah, if is it going to be good enough to be usable for that audience? Because mm -hmm. it's it's not it wouldn't be for the foreigners. It would be for the giant 1.4 billion Chinese population. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I would rather just not need a VPN. Exactly. <laughs> I want to talk to my mom but, without a VPN. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. 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 So Facebook in 2008. <laughs> And um, and so that was was that just like keeping in touch with people, meeting people, like what kinds of things were you doing on there? I, you know, I, I was amazed. The the the, the best thing about Facebook is mm -hmm. that you could find people that you, mm -hmm. you didn't see in 15, 20 years. Yeah. And that's you know that's the most. Uh, until now, I think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. You can keep in touch with people who probably you're never gonna see in your life again. Mm -hmm. But you somehow you're still in touch. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially with the situation that we have in my country, mm. uh, the unfortunate situation. That I was just listening to a podcast on the way here. They say that we have the the the, ma the migration of Venezuelans mm -hmm. around the continent is the biggest in the history of the continent, Whoa. and yeah. we have surpassed the, the Syrian migration. Yeah. So, 
everybody now is mm -hmm. a, lo a lot of Venezuelan people they are mm -hmm. using social media mm -hmm. and doing a lot of work online not only to raise awareness about what's going on in my country right. but to keep in touch with their families and friends right it, uh, now it's essential for us for Venezuelan people it's yeah. essential you cannot be out of social media you gotta stay in touch no matter what happens yeah. all friends family yeah. you know everybody's on social media now yeah, yeah, and yeah. everybody's making videos everybody's posting on Instagram, uh, Facebook, yeah. it's, it's a big WhatsApp. It's major for us yeah. in Venezuela. Yeah, WhatsApp yeah. is essential. It is. When did that get so popular? Because about two or three years ago, I started really hearing everybody talking about WhatsApp, but I don't remember when it first came onto the scene. Do you remember when you started using it? I. There was a gap, actually. Mm -hmm. There was a gap um, because. Yeah, I started, it's, it's, I don't really remember, I think it was in 2000, before, it was definitely before 2010. Mm -hmm. And I even deleted it from my phone because I never yeah. used it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when this situation started happening in my country, yeah. uh, we started using WhatsApp again. Yeah. And it's been five years, yeah. probably. And my sister, my sister is in Mexico. Yeah. We have a group in WhatsApp. Yeah. And then it's my sister in Mexico, my brother in Peru, my mom in Caracas, and me in China. So we have the group with all the four right. the, the flags. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. And that's how we conference. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think your mom will stay through whatever happens next? Do you think she'll go and live with one of your siblings? or? Uh, it is complicated, but yeah. we are trying to get her to to come to Mexico or Peru for sure. Or, for sure the inflation they were talking about the inflation being like kind it's of a wheelbarrow-esque kind of it's projected to hit the 1 million percent at the end of a year how is that possible uh, I cannot make the calculation I, I can't even think of what that means from one day to the next as far as buying something that's I don't know it's insane that the, the, the price yeah uh, actually, many places you you cannot find the price yeah. because from the moment you grab it from the the stand mm. to the moment you're gonna pay, right. have changed the price already. Oh my goodness! So it is it, it is absolutely ridiculous, and it doesn't seem to stop. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the WhatsApp has been our way to to mm -hmm. be connected. That's uh, amazing. That's amazing. And a lot of people are using WhatsApp for that kind of thing to keep connected. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not to be grim and, and, and tragic, but uh, mm -hmm. I found out about <coughs> my dad passing because mm -hmm. of Facebook last year. Uh, almost, yeah, exactly one year ago. I was on, uh, going to bed, and like everybody does, yeah. checking Facebook before going to bed. Of course. And... <laughs> And I see one of my cousins. One of my cousins. Yeah. Say, oh, Paredes, he was a good man. And you know, I can imagine my, my heart dropped, and he was jumping to WhatsApp. Yeah. And uh, yeah. What do you do? Did, did you? Being so far is just yeah. That's the most horrible thing that can happen. Right. You know. That's just like, do you do you reply? Do you contact others? Like, what do you? Just yeah, no, I just contacted my, my my sister and, and my, my, my my close family. Yeah. And at the same time, I had another cousin calling mm -hmm. me in WhatsApp. Yeah. 
but I, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. I never answered the phone. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was horrible. It was horrible. And then using exactly the same WhatsApp to talk to a, a very close friend in Spain. Yeah. yeah. And another close friend in Italy. Yeah. It, it's just it's so unbelievable, and, and it's so sad that it's now banned in China. You know. They banned Reddit last week too. They did? Yeah. I don't use Reddit a lot. No, but, uh, I don't either, but it seemed like the most unassuming site with like not very controversial stuff, I thought. Like I've only been on a few times and been like, ah, oh, not really my thing. But I was like, really that? What? What's left? What is it? It was uh, controversial. I don't know. What's I don't know. Left I don't know. for the rest. I really didn't think so. So it sounds like you use the internet mostly for communication. Yeah. Until I started taking. Well, there was a, a, a three years ago. I was mm -hmm. working with a, a a friend, American guy. We were working on a social venture. Mm -hmm. uh, company we were trying to do a company to give support to people in uh, impoverished countries mm -hmm. and uh, we used a lot of social media that mm -hmm. was, that's when we got serious about using Twitter mm -hmm. and uh, Facebook mm -hmm. and YouTube but we, we always are very we're very focused on on, uh, on the social media that we mm -hmm. use because a lot of people have, it, it is a lot of work mm -hmm. to maintain social media. It's a pain it's, in the ass. It's very <laughs> difficult. It yeah, is. Yeah. And uh, if you don't do it well, you just waste the time. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't focus, yeah. and on, not all the social media, people make a mistake, <coughs> not all the social media mm -hmm. uh, work the same. Mm -hmm. They are very specific, and they have a very specific target and a very specific purpose. Mm -hmm. So, you use, for example, uh, right now, I don't use Twitter mm -hmm. because I don't really need it. Mm -hmm. As a visual artist, mm -hmm. Twitter uh, is not really my platform. Sure. But I'm an avid user of Instagram mm -hmm. because it's completely yep. visual. Yep. So, th those are my platform. Mm -hmm. But at the time, we needed to raise awareness mm -hmm. about what we were doing. So, we had to have a, a strategy to use Twitter. Mm -hmm. A strategy to use uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to plan the the, the post that you're gonna make, yep. and uh, you have to uh, accordingly to the, the time mm -hmm. and the song that you want to hit. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Did you guys use one of those planners where you could like? We did. Yeah. Yeah. Which one did you use? Well, there was another. Uh, my 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 business partner. He was in charge of that. He was the savvy. Yeah. On that aspect, my my work was to produce the content in, yeah. in terms of uh, the design, mm -hmm. sometimes even writing. But he was the one yeah. posting, and he, he but we, yeah, we did some of this platform. To, we used this platform yeah. to to program the post because That's otherwise doing it by yourself by hand, it just it gets messy. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 and we get busy during the day. Yeah. As much as you're like, okay, every day or every afternoon or every evening, I have to do this. Other stuff happens. It's but nice it is a those. it is a new department in most companies. You know, yeah. you have a, a social media department yeah. because it takes so much of your time. Mm -hmm. the, you need to have people dedicated. Yep. To just do that. Yep. Just do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was that the time of when I was really learning mm -hmm. how to use the the the, the, on the social media and. 
how you can use your post mm -hmm. to influence. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was at the time that I was getting in touch with podcasting mm -hmm. uh, because we would also That's podcast. Right, you started that in 2016, right? Yes. So wait, can we back up? What social? What what is a social venture? The idea was to create a company that it will make money, mm -hmm. like any other corporation. Yeah. But we will have we will have a, a top to our salaries, or all our salaries will be tapped. Gasp. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> it will be to a, a, what we consider a reasonable salary. Right, right, right. To live a decent life a year. Yeah. And whatever it comes over that, mm -hmm. it will be dedicated to support uh, people in, in other areas. Like for example, uh, we will create a team. Mm -hmm. I would do. I had a background in, in advertising and marketing, and yeah. of course graphic design. Yeah. So that will be my area. Mm -hmm. There was another guy uh, in education. There was another guy mm -hmm. in business and management. Mm -hmm. So for example. Uh, you you know this uh, concept of uh, micro loans? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was something like that. You come mm -hmm. to us mm -hmm. and you say, well, I want to uh, open an, an organic coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will give you the resources, mm -hmm. not only financially, but also, you know, the supporting marketing, advertising, management. Right, right, right. And that money, when once you start running, some of that money will go back to the company. Gotcha. And that money will, uh, the, the overhead will be used to support somebody else. Right, right, right. It will be, become a chain. And it will be used to lift people out of poverty, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. So, for mm -hmm. example, uh, an idea that I had back then, a big issue that we have in India is people are dying because they basically, they don't have the culture of washing their hands before eating, mm -hmm. which is a very simple stuff, yeah. but it, it's happening and it shouldn't be <laughs> happening. And I thought, well, what if we we take a, a, some women or some people in some village in mm -hmm. India mm -hmm. and we teach them how to produce soap, cosmetic soaps. Mm -hmm. You know this this brand of soap like, yeah. uh, like Lush. <coughs> yeah, yeah. They yeah. have this beautiful mm -hmm. soap and, and you know the, the bath products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have those produced in India. Yep with natural products yeah. and at the same time you use that platform to educate people about the importance of hygiene yeah. and you you help them to produce money right, right. and give them education about that. That's so it's that kind of stuff yeah, yeah, we yeah. were trying to do. Is that still going on? You started in 2015. Uh, no, it was very, very difficult. Yeah. Uh, it is a battle, you know. Uh, people, <laughs> people find it uh, like funny, uh, like, a, like a conspiracy theory, but it, there is a system mm. that is really hard to, to, to battle when you're working in this kind of stuff. I believe it. And yeah. there are people who don't, do not want to take people out of poverty. Yep. There is a lot of people who need people oppressed, so it gets difficult. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it gets <clears throat> difficult to, to, to produce this kind of work. Did you, when you were hitting those walls with people, did you get a very clear no, or did people just try to make things difficult to move forward? There was not really a, a, an entity or a person or right. a group of person trying to, to, to make things difficult for us. Yeah. 
it's more of a, a system that is established. Mm -hmm. So it gets difficult to get resources, it gets yeah. difficult to reach certain areas, mm -hmm. it gets difficult to find the support from mm -hmm. so, some people. Mm -hmm. So everything is everything has to be done like hand to hand, you know, and sometimes if you don't have the money mm -hmm. to start, it can be very steep. Right, right. right. So, but you know, it, it is possible, and we still, we still think it's possible. Mm -hmm. We are not working on that together anymore. But, for example, found out that the cost of the cost of uh, and homelessness in the U.S., for example, yeah, is not that high. It's not that high, and you can do it in a year. Ah, if you were there, to If you, help. yeah. The people, if yeah. you allocate the, the resources, like there is a video that is still on, uh, online in YouTube that said that if you take a quarter mm. of what people spend in, in corporate uh, trips and in corporate parties mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff, yep. you can you allocate that money to and, and Are you enjoying this conversation about our virtualness and our geographicness colliding? Me too. Hey, I would love to interview you. Do you live in a country that is not your home country? Let's talk about your experience. Let's do it. Contact me at Steph Puccio, S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on any of my social media platforms. I am Steph Fuccio on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. So contact me. Let's line this up. I would love to get your opinion into these questions out into the world. Let's do it. That's the thing that hurts my head, is I know this money is out there, mm -hmm. and yet we don't do anything. But there is a mix of what I was telling you before, that some people need yeah. these other people being in those conditions, and there is a lot of unawareness, mm -hmm. and there is a lot of people not simply not caring. Yeah. You know. There is you know, a big misconception. And, and I know we're taking a big tangent here, mm -hmm. but there is a big misconception that people think that for you to do good, mm -hmm. you need to have a lot of money and a lot of time to volunteer. And, and most people say, well, yeah, I would like to do something for the poor people, but I don't mm -hmm. have the time. Mm -hmm. I, I, I have my hands full with my kids and my work. And the, but you don't really need a lot of time or mm -hmm. a lot of money. Mm -hmm. you, know, doing, you just need a little bit of time. Yeah. And uh, sometimes these people don't even want money. Yeah. The, I have a friend, she wanted to start a website about uh, socks for homeless people. Yeah. Oh. And most people don't know this, but uh, homeless people, they sometimes they don't even want food. They yeah. need socks. Socks is uh, the item that they, they you know, Freeze they need the most. Yeah. So she wanted to start. And there is a company, there is a website that, mm. that does this. That you buy socks and they donate. What? Another pair to Do you know the, the name of that site? Pompas. Okay. It's a company they produce socks. We're gonna put that yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, folks. really, yeah. really cool. Pompas. Just wow. They're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, our idea, uh, what I wanted to do with her, is just to create, uh, put artwork yeah. in the socks and having artists putting their their, their art in yeah. the socks. Yeah. And basically the same concept. Because producing socks in China is yeah. very cheap. Very, very cheap. That's another thing that drives me crazy. How yeah. how much resources we waste here in China. Yeah. I the other day I saw a documentary. 
I saw a man in Africa who yeah. saved a year and a half of money to buy a bicycle mm -hmm. so he can take his product to the next village to, to, to sell mm -hmm. and how much his life changed after he got the bicycle. Right. How many bicycles would you see dumped in the street here in the China? piles of shared it's bikes. It's unbelievable. This is ridiculous. The piles of shared bikes, yeah. Then I, think, I always think how many lives could be changed yeah. if those bicycles were shipped to Africa, for it example. Really? <laughs> There really isn't a lack of stuff in the world. It's a lack of getting it to the right people. And that's the thing. The more I go to other to new countries and see different situations, I realize there's no scarcity. It's a matter of people kind of holding back and saying, yeah. but I might need it later. Nobody needs this many bicycles. We don't. No, no, we no, don't, no. But every, no. Anybody, they're available now online. You can see the, the, the bicycles dumped from space. Yeah. <laughs> from the space, oh, I know. No, from drones. You see the drones the, and the, the piles the are bicycle graveyards. Yeah, sorry, for the folks who are not living in China, just there's been a, I know there were shared bikes in Portland and I think maybe somewhere on the East Coast in the US and some, I saw some in London actually too. Mm -hmm. So there were a ton of them, like Mobike and Ofo and what were some of the other? The blue bike and uh, They're green the, ones, I think. The Mobikes are the orange one, Ofo. Yeah, orange and... Ofo, yeah. they are yellow ones. Yeah, yeah, those are the two ones that are international. Those are the I think. two, yeah. I rode a Mobike in Thailand last month. Yeah. With my app from China. It actually worked over there. It's just amazing, but they overproduced them. Apparently, the companies that made them made the money with the grants that came mm -hmm. in, and then they didn't maintain the bikes. Yeah. Even though on the app you can like report things, and sometimes maybe they do fix them, but apparently is, there's a lot. It is that cheaper aren't. to produce the bike mm -hmm. than replace it or or, right. or uh, fix it. That's Oy, the problem. Oh. But when you have the biggest population in the world, and you're producing things for that population, and you make waste, is really destructive. Even here, then you see that yeah. they're coming, they become a nuisance mm -hmm. because you're walking on the path, on the pathway, and you can't cross the street. You, you cannot. Places. Yeah, yeah, and they've started to have. There's. Have you seen the signs that say like no shared yeah. bikes beyond this point? So they're starting to ban them in certain places. When I was down in Dalian last year, for work, in the in the center of the city, you couldn't ride a motorcycle, an e-bike, or bicycle. They were just like, forget it, just mm. no. Too many accidents, too much yeah. is happening. It's not gonna happen in downtown. I see. I see those bicycles abandoned in the most yeah. ridiculous places. Yeah. In the middle of a yeah. highway. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can see it. It's crazy. They should. You don't, yeah. you don't even know how it got there in the first place. Ridiculous. In <laughs> top of just, trees. They just ride <laughs> the places and just leave them there, and it's like, yeah, okay, it, I know you're. That's that's the whole thing with shared bikes, but. Somewhere where somebody would actually pick it up, please. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. There are places that people shouldn't even be riding bicycles to begin with. I know. <laughs> I know. Somebody was describing the path to a place yesterday to me, and they said, "But you're only on the highway for a little while." And I'm like, "No, that's not a bicycle trip. <laughs> In no world, like by like highways here are even bigger than highways in Los Angeles, folks. They're like what ten, six, eight, ten, twelve. Yeah, lanes across yeah. it's they're huge i would never be on a bicycle on that place I and mean, yeah, some people do yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay we got to go back online yeah. <laughs> well that's an online business actually <laughs> right it really is it yeah. really yeah Massive. they should they should start selling them to someplace else <laughs> that could be a because they already got the funding for the initial start now they need to get rid of the products that are just cluttering up everywhere here wow 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 okay so as far as social media in china how how is your how are your language skills? And no judgment, mine suck. 
Oh, my Chinese is terrible. Is it terrible? This is terrible. Okay. Can you read, like, are you on any social media in, in China? In China, no. Yeah. Other than WeChat. Yeah. But the thing is, the, the, the <laughs> funny because the kind of art that I do, mm. uh, Chinese people don't seem to like anymore. Well, ever. Huh. They, they don't, Chinese people are very traditional in, in their taste. Okay. So for a Chinese, uh, unless you are in a big city like Shanghai, where yeah, the, yeah. probably the market is more, mm. all the people are more... Uh, Educated, I don't. Uh, I don't mean that in the, in the wrong way. It doesn't mean that, but people have a, like a, a wider perspective. Sure. And uh, yeah, other than that, uh, people seem to like more traditional stuff. You know, the landscape, um, and the portrait, and the, the very, very traditional. Yeah, the very traditional. Thousands of years ago. Yeah. Kind of art. Wow. So uh, what I do is is not at all like that. Yeah. Uh, it's very experimental. And, yeah. uh, it's not abstract, but it's it's very different, yeah, and a lot yeah. of people don't like. So, I never, I never. It, China is not really my market. Right, right, right. That's right. why I use Instagram. You know, even when it's mm -hmm. blocked, yeah. it's, it's banned in China. Yeah. Uh, Instagram to me is still very big, mm -hmm. and uh, I I have a website that I honestly I never maintained. Yeah. I never. Yeah. Now that I'm doing the podcast, that I, I, I rescued the, the, pod, mm -hmm. the podcast, I'm going to tell you why I had the idea of the podcast. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, what can I do other than design mm -hmm. that can satisfy the need that I have to, to help mm -hmm. and can help me to, mm -hmm. to diversify mm -hmm. my activities in China? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I like, I, I, I'm a designer, I'm an artist. That's creative work. Mm -hmm. I do like. Uh, I love psychology mm -hmm. also. That comes through loud and clear. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I think it, when I listen to your podcast, if I can interrupt, which I am, uh, <laughs> I think of you like a a creativity psychologist. Yes. Or a creativity philosopher. But you're you're much more pragmatic, so I, I lean on the psychology. Exactly, side. and that's that's yeah. the pragmatism that I try to be mm -hmm. very uh, emphatic because. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in, in being positive for the sake of being positive. Yeah. You know, and I don't like when people tell me, "Oh, you, if you have a blockage in your mind, mm -hmm. just go for a walk and take a bath. It mm -hmm. works." Yeah. But I, I want people to understand <clears throat> why it works. Mm -hmm. What is the process behind that? What is happening? Yeah. Because we have too many creative coaches, and who goes to these people? Mm -hmm. Is the people who already is in a creative career. Wait, do we have a lot of creative coaches? This is a thing. In the this world. Th really? Yeah, we do. A lot. I had no idea there was such a thing as creative coaches. But that's coaches. the thing that a lot of people... What? Yeah, because a lot of people, they take the same the, the same idea of... I'm going to tell you how to be creative. Yeah. Uh, just relax. Take a walk. Oh. You know, sing a song, laugh. Oh, that kind of thing. So yeah, they're not so actually helping them find their... Probably they do, yeah. but they're not going to the core. Okay. And another thing is, what happened with the people who... What happened with the people who are not... Or they don't consider themselves creative? Mm -hmm. uh, what happened with the accountant? Mm -hmm. Or what happened with the lady who mm -hmm. cleaned the streets? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. We all... We are all creative. So... These people have this ability, mm -hmm. naturally we're wired to, to be creative, mm -hmm. but just we don't know how to do it. Yeah. We don't know how to access that. 
ability. We, we push it away pretty early on. Yeah, from the school. In a lot of societies, yeah. From the school, especially in China. And being in China, that was my, my biggest drive. Because mm -hmm. uh, in the Chinese education system, creativity is completely shut down mm -hmm. from a very, very early age. Yeah. And education is based on repetition, memorization, mm -hmm. and you don't you're not allowed to analyze. I, I remember I was yeah. shocked by a friend who told me in the university that mm -hmm. they would be giving a text to analyze, mm -hmm. but once they were finished reading the text, the teacher will give them the conclusions. Yeah. And uh, my friend would say, but yeah, but I have a different... No, 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 no. These are the conclusions, and this is what it is. Mm -hmm. At a university level, and the, I found that so tragic, you know? And it's not that a lot of people think that the Chinese people are not creative, uh, and that's not true. No. They're not being allowed to be creative. It's not true, because in so many other parts of society, the creativity just absolutely comes out in huge waves, getting around. Because it's like water, yeah. you know, yeah. that's what people don't understand, creativity. Yeah. It's, it's a basic human necessity and yeah. in one of my podcasts I talk about that mm -hmm. it is actually in the Maslow yep. pyramid of human needs yeah at the top actually so when you're not when you stop being creative you lose connection with mm -hmm. who you are mm -hmm. it's like you you force people to stop breathing mm -hmm. or stop eating mm -hmm. you know it's a human necessity it's yeah. a human need. Well, I think a lot of people think okay if I'm not in a creative profession and I'm not producing something creatively I'm not creative but it's so much more than that and that is the misconception that yeah. I want to debunk yeah I, I don't I want people to understand that to be creative you don't have to be painting or mm -hmm. writing or making music mm -hmm. yeah you can be doing any kind of work mm -hmm. and being creative yep. doing that that was a good time to remind them of the name of the podcast Ah, the podcast is called the Creativity Roots mm -hmm. Podcast. Now I have a confession to make because I haven't actually been to your website yet, but you talk about going to the website from the podcast, so now I'm that listener who hasn't done my homework. <laughs> well, the, the idea, the idea of having a website because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm inviting people to send me their creations. Yeah. Because I want to encourage people to to do creative work. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you the the. You're not a writer or you're not a musician, but suddenly you felt the, the urge to write something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want you to send it over to me. Yeah. And I will show the, this work without any judgment. Mm -hmm. And I want to find a way to people, for people to feel comfortable mm -hmm. creating. Mm -hmm. So, for example, somebody sent me a, a picture or a drawing or a painting yeah. and need a platform where to show this work. I'm going to show it in the, in the podcast, yeah. obviously. So I need a website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yes, not there that's yet. That's a good point. Because <laughs> you have read poems and you have played music of some of your listeners, but yeah, you can't show pictures. Exactly. Yeah. So I need a platform where I can show people uh, mm -hmm. visual work. Right, right, right. And what I do is, uh, for example, if you're a painter, I will ask you to record uh, probably one minute or two minutes you're introducing yourself, introducing your work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I will put, I will post that in the podcast, okay. and then invite you to see the work in the website. Right, right, right. Okay. So is it mostly just that? It's just displaying yeah. other people's. Yeah. For displaying the, the, the people, uh, people's work. Yeah. Now I know you're a graphic designer for work, but do you do any? Do you produce anything for fun, other than the podcast? Like anything visual? 
I yeah. For example, uh, two years ago, I, I wrote a, a book for my my son. Aww. I, I should have brought one for That's you. That's really I owe you that one. <laughs> Oh my gosh! What's the story? What's the story? It's a it's a well. Because uh, at the time when I wrote the book, I was separated. I wasn't mm. living with my son. Mm. I would come to stay with him on the weekends, mm -hmm. and I would put him to bed. Yeah. So it's a bedtime, bedtime story that we made up together. Best. Those are the <laughs> best. And you did pictures in it and stuff. So too. yeah. So because oh my, my son it was born in the year of the rabbit, mm -hmm. and he has pretty big feet, and his favorite color was mm -hmm. the, the green color. Now he changed. Yeah. So it's the rabbit with the big shoes. And the shoes are green. Yeah. So it's the story. It's a it's a little oh bit um, an analogy of the situation in China with yeah. the pollution yeah. and the situation I was going through personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the story is like a this rabbit has a farm where yeah. he grows broccoli and carrots and the, the, there are these black clouds that yeah. come into the garden and they ruin the the, <laughs> the plantation. Aww. And then he goes into searching for the, 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 the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end, he makes friends, he finds the rain. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> is it a happy uh, ending? Is yeah, it is a happy ending. ending. Okay. At the end, okay. they, they make it rain. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, but, I know you made it here for a specific purpose, but are you thinking of ever kind of mass producing it or like selling it online or doing anything like that? I did. I did. I did self-publishing. Mm -hmm. Actually, I printed the book. Yeah. Uh, it is difficult if you ha you don't have the platform to sell. Mm -hmm. Amazon. I don't know why I never made it. I couldn't make it work mm -hmm. from China for me. Uh, but that's another thing that if you're in China as a foreigner, you can have a credit card. And if you don't have a credit card, there mm -hmm. is a, a lot of uh, things mm -hmm. that you cannot do online. Mm -hmm. And that's a big issue. Even with Alipay and WeChat Pay. I don't think Amazon, the Chinese Amazon does. Yeah. But I don't. I, I, I couldn't make it work even yeah. even to book the the, the Airbnb. Yeah. It, it, I get in difficulties to do it with the mm. Alipay. Sometimes it doesn't accept. Man, oh man, oh man. Yeah, we started getting issued like national ID cards. Do you have one of those no. newfangled things? Oh, it's great. It's a little ID card, it has a QR code, you can scan it and see all the information that everybody else can see when they scan your card. Mm -hmm. Can't use it for anything. Is it? Not a thing. Can't use it at the bank, can't use it at any company to open or close any accounts or do anything. Can't use it when I come in and out of the country. It's completely useless. <laughs> it's just another ID so I carry what's around. The, what's the point? I don't know. I don't know if in the future it's there going to control replace <laughs> the passport. I don't know. I don't know. Because they can't put that kind of thing in foreign passports, like they can't yeah. damage them that way. So I guess they wanted their own card to do stuff. But when I've had this kind of card in other countries, I could use it for things. Yeah. Yeah. But this one, I've taken it everywhere and pretended not to have my passport, and I'm like, da -da -da -da, and they're like, you cannot do anything. No, this doesn't either. mean anything. I'm like, why do I have this? <laughs> but it exists. So who knows? Maybe yeah. in the future. Yeah, so it, it, it is a big uh, problem if mm -hmm. you don't have a credit card uh, in China, mm -hmm. it, it gets very difficult to do stuff. As a foreigner, you can have a credit card. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So ah. it, it, it makes things hard for me. But going back to yeah. the, the things that I do for fun as a designer, yeah. there was a time that I was producing uh, clothes, t-shirts yeah. also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Actually, that's the dream. I did not to make this sign for myself. Yeah. Uh, but you don't make a lot of money <laughs> with mm. that. So it, it, it gets difficult. Yeah. My idea with the podcast uh, that I'm, I'm hoping is to, to spread the idea mm -hmm. that everybody can be creative because mm -hmm. it, it is true. Everybody can be mm -hmm. creative. Yeah. And I want the people who think they are not creative mm -hmm. to ha have access to this information. Yeah. And I think the best way is to make people understand how things work. Mm -hmm. uh, when you, like for example with a car, when you break it down mm -hmm. and you see how every piece works, yeah. you understand better mm -hmm. how the car works. Yeah. So it's the same with the brain, with, with the creative process. Yeah. When yeah. you break it down, yes, taking a walk in the park works, but why? Yeah, but when you relax your brain, the ideas flow, and yeah. then you can access memories, and mm -hmm. you can. There is a process, there is a, a physiological mm -hmm. and psychological process that happens yeah, yeah, in yeah. there. In the US, <laughs> that is my base, right? There are a certain population of people that think if I'm creative, I'm vulnerable. I'd rather just go make money and turn all of that off. Mm -hmm. It's it's too hard to be that tapped into that thing I can't control. Yeah. What do you say to those folks? You know, I I have an episode coming that is about. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, creativity. <laughs> <laughs> is the creativity being the biggest or the uh, yeah the biggest act, act of rebellion that anybody can have? Uh. You reveal against society, mm -hmm. sometimes even against yourself. And there is a reason for that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna explain it in the episode. But basically, when you are creative, there is a lot of things they are telling you not to do that, not to be vulnerable, not to be ridiculous, not mm -hmm. to be different. Where in the world in your head? In in the world yeah. and in your head, you, you, you get these ideas implanted right. in your head from early yeah. in the school. Mm -hmm. Because when you're a kid, you go for it, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you paint this kind orange and nobody's going to tell you, you have to be very mean to tell a two-year-old kid, oh. the sky is not orange, you are an idiot, you, you know. You have to <laughs> paint in the lines. Yeah, the tree exactly. cannot be bigger than the picture. That, yeah, exactly. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So there is a point where it's cute, mm -hmm. but when I stop being cute and I stop and start being wrong, yeah. that's when we start losing the yeah. not not the creativity. We start losing the confidence mm -hmm. because of course you're gonna know at some point that you cannot make the, the house bigger than the tree. Yeah. But it is a process mm -hmm. that you every person have to go through. So in the school. Mm -hmm. uh, I explained this in, in another episode, in the school, you have to perform, you have to excel mm -hmm. in a short period of time. You mm -hmm. have one semester yeah. to excel. You're not allowed to make mistakes, mm -hmm. which are very important to learn. Yeah. You're not allowed to ridicule yourself. You're not allowed to be unfit. Mm -hmm. You have to have behavior, you have to have performance, yeah. you, have to, you have to fulfill yeah. a lot of things that restrain you yeah. from being creative or from being free, so basically. It's so tragic. You did an episode on failure. Yeah. And I was kind of giggling the whole way through going, yes, thank God, yes. Like, you have to fail. You just have to. 
failure is like a sign that you're doing it. Yeah. The more you fail, the closer you get to, well, maybe success and maybe not. But I mean, at least it means you're doing something. But a lot of people are so fear, so afraid of fear uh, of failure that they don't even attempt. But you can't not fail in life. I know that's no. a double negative, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't go through your entire you life and to. never fail you at anything fail. ever. Yeah, we. I mean, just tr learning to walk. We fail a trillion times before we can do it. Like every, you have to fail. Yeah, and it's like, a, like, like I can tell my wife. Um, our, our son, he was, well, he, now he walks, now he runs, yeah. but when he was learning to walk and he would fall, yeah. I would I'd tell my wife, don't pick him up, mm -hmm. let him get up by himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. go help him, don't go cry, my baby, no, yeah. let him, you know, if he cries, you tell him, don't cry, it's okay, get up, yeah. nothing happens. Yeah. And now you know, he learns, he falls down, he get up and he keep running, he keep playing. Okay. But that doesn't happen, and, and that is another sign. That, that that's why for me this this work that I'm that I'm doing is important mm -hmm. because I want parents to, to understand these these things. Mm -hmm. I want parents to even before you you, you reach the school, you know, give independence to your kids and talk to them like they are adults mm -hmm. because they understand they, they do know. Kids are so smart. They're very smart. They're so smart. Oh my gosh! Do you ever listen to the rapper? I guess he's called Macklemore. No, no. Oh man, he did this song um, thrift store years and years ago that everybody knows. It's really funny. He's this goofy, tall, white dude that does. He's a really good rapper, but he's he's goofy looking. He's just goofy, <laughs> and, but he's got like this really fun personality. And so there's this YouTube channel that just showed up in my algorithm yesterday, and it was these kids. It's this whole channel where they have these like seven, eight, nine year old kids, and they sit around with whatever one. Uh, either actor or musician or whatever's in the room and they just ask them questions mm. and for nine minutes these really tiny children asked some of the most intelligent honest questions to this random rapper that they didn't even know because they're like not on the rap radar yet generally speaking they were like I don't know who you are but you sing okay well what about this what about this what about this and it was the coolest stuff and I mm. was like adults would be too afraid to ask those questions you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I find that a lot in China mm. now. People in China, especially old people, mm -hmm. older people, yeah, they they grew up in a country that was closed, <coughs> yeah, and they keep that inquisitive mm -hmm. curiosity mm -hmm. that is very childlike. They're awesome. So, I love the older so it, it, yeah. it wouldn't be, you know, you. You shouldn't be surprised if uh, an old person comes to you and just touch your hair yeah. and just staring at you. Yeah. But, you know, and it's very uncomfortable, yeah. but it's actually funny and cute yeah. because they're so curious and they just go for it, you yeah. know, and just touch you and touch your skin yeah. and touch your hair. <laughs> they're like kids. Yeah. And this is this woman of 60, 50 something mm -hmm. years old who's just curious and just grab you and yeah. touch you. Yeah. That is, you know, we, we shouldn't lose that. I know. Well, of I course, know. we have to be appropriate. We're not going to be touching people. Well, it depends on what you're touching. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's important for people to understand, uh, going back to your question, yeah, that yeah. what we, these folks should do, understand that they're not at school anymore. Mm -hmm. And when you're an adult, mm -hmm. you are capable of having more control of your life. Mm -hmm. Even when you probably you're in a job yeah. that 
have the same restrictions. You, you have to perform well in a yeah. period of time, yeah. and, you, and you have to reach some goals. Mm -hmm. And but you you can allow yourself some freedom, some flexibility. Yeah. Because you are a big boy now, or a big woman now, mm -hmm. and uh, you can find spots where you can be flexible with yourself yeah. and allow yourself to be ridiculous and, yeah. and to be free. Ridiculous is awesome. Yeah, being ridiculous is awesome. There is a there is a campaign that I I, I love from Diesel. Mm. You know this this brand Diesel. Yeah, and they say embrace the stupid. And yeah. the, the commercial is so beautiful yeah. because it explains, it is a goofy song and it's just very visual but yeah. explain how beautiful it is life when you're stupid. Yeah. How <laughs> you allow yourself to be stupid and you're free. Yeah. And, and when you yeah. experience that at first hand, when you allow yourself to be stupid and you laugh and, and yeah. without fear of judgment. And that quote unquote stupidity and that kind of childish nature. Anywhere I've been in the world, that's the thing that uses the least words and is understood by the most people. Well, that and, and love. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's pretty much the same. <laughs> but just with all age ranges, like that can, like a, a three-year-old will, will get it and start giggling and an 80 or 90-year-old will get it. Like the whole range, like that's the thing that most people can, can identify with yeah. and can communicate even without understanding exactly what you're saying. And uh, you know, you see it because now people are so concerned mm -hmm. about uh, hoarding possessions mm -hmm. and hoarding fame. Mm -hmm. Now we are so worried about the likes and the, uh, the, the, the approval from other people. People buy likes and followers yeah. now. I was thinking about that this morning. I think <laughs> that, that is like, uh, uh, this is a horrible analogy, but it's, it's like, going to, to, to a hawker and ask her huh. to love you, you know, you're, you're buying... I hadn't done that analogy, but yeah, it is it is buying love. Because we yeah. feel that we get the same endorphins, right? Yeah. We get likes and stuff. Is that, yeah. I yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's weird. Like the first time I got an because I started a YouTube channel last year, and the first time I got an email from someone advertising how many followers they could get me, I was like, wait, you can buy this stuff now? Yeah. And then every ever since then, I'm looking at people's sites, going, "Okay, you have 20 million people. Do you really have 20 mm -hmm. million people? Yeah, who Just, cares? Um, oh, oh, but a lot of people care. But yeah. what what make what different does it make? Mm. You having for some people, it's money. They do. I can understand it in a company. Yeah. And uh, there are different ways to do that. Mm -hmm. If you work in advertising mm -hmm. and marketing, you, you're gonna find out there are companies that they build a group of ambassadors yeah. that push for their brand. That's different. That's strategy. Yeah. But for a personal, for a, for, a, for a person, an individual to do that? I, but individuals are now their own brands. Yeah, There's and that's so another, much weirdness going on. That's There's another issue that I'm going to touch. Oh, yeah. Influencers is a weird, weird world right now, but we got to get back online. Yeah. We got to get back <laughs> online. So who's your audience then? Because it sounds like you want to reach some of the Chinese parents, but your podcast is in English. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what your platform is. You, you, you said, it. oh, Anchor. Yeah. Anchor, Is yeah. that behind the firewall or is that accessible to them? It's, a, it's still accessible. Still accessible for now. For, yeah, you can expect <laughs> it. Give it a few months. Yeah, give it a few months. So <laughs> no, who do you want to listen to? My audience is not Chinese, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, for me to have an, a Chinese audience, mm. I will have to do the podcast in Chinese. Mm. Honestly, 
the podcast is so new. Mm-hmm. I have only five episodes on, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm still building an audience. Yeah. But who do you envision it to? I know it could be very different than who ends up being your listener, yeah. but who do you think might be interested? I I would like to have uh, teachers, mm-hmm. uh, parents, mm-hmm. I would like to be parents, and university graduates, mm-hmm. people who are just going for uh, the world. Yeah, <laughs> leave in that academic bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And break that you know that shell they come out of the school with yeah uh that at the age you know any any kind of age so i'm still trying to figure out how i'm gonna reach that audience yeah if ever and uh, how i'm gonna build a a, a group of people but i one of the reasons why i started this also is because um, i was looking information for myself yeah uh, how to uh be more creative and mm-hmm. how to work with creativity mm-hmm. and most of the information that I found is very specific to the market it's very specific mm-hmm. it's for artists and it's for uh, managers mm-hmm. and for you know people who That's a good point. but yeah. for the common people you couldn't find anything because creativity is for creative people right it's in that compartmentalized box yeah and that's it is it's wrong to mm-hmm. begin with because mm-hmm. you shouldn't be the creative you should be you should call it the creator mm-hmm. creative are everyone mm-hmm. everyone is creative yeah it's like you want to to make a distinction between well these ones are humans and these ones are less human <laughs> there are some people that do that yes yeah, so people do that yeah. and it's, it's terrible so that, it that's the kind of thing that, that i want to avoid yeah because i don't want to call the creative people the creative I want to make a distinction. Creative is everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone is creative because mm-hmm. everyone is capable of creativity. Mm-hmm. Those who make a living out of creativity, mm-hmm. they are creators. Mm-hmm. Because they produce work to make a living, yeah. to, to live out of their work. Mm-hmm. So they are creators. Mm-hmm. But creative is everyone. Yeah. And that's a distinction that we have to start making. That is a really good point. So it's creatives and creators. Yes. Okay. Because that the moment there was a moment in history where, where we artists we kidnapped the term, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now creativity is for us. Right. And you, lesser human, mm. you don't. Was know it the, the artist or was it the people that wanted people to work and kind of turn off their fun and go be productive for the market? I'm, I'm still trying to figure know. that out, and, and, and I've been doing some research because yeah. there is a, a yeah. For example, in China. There was a very specific group of people who would write yeah. Mandarin yeah. and read Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Not everybody would do it. Could right. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same thing in Europe. Mm-hmm. In the court, uh, you will have somebody who will write. And in the church. And in the church, yeah. in the Vatican, you will have the, the painter, yeah. and he's this. The, that's the guy who paints. Yeah. And the rest is just you know, the common people. Right. That that they they just do whatever they do. Mm-hmm. to keep living so there was a moment that yes and I believe there is also a point when we artists we start losing our importance mm-hmm. in history and we need to grasp that importance 
and we we need to keep we need to we need to keep the. How has the importance been lost? I think it happens when the what people are not getting commissions anymore from the courts or from the rich people to make mm. a portrait and you know you mm. you have a, a mecenas or you have a a, a, mm. a, a patron mm-hmm. that will support you yeah and and you are my artist and I will pay you every yeah. month just to paint me and my family and my friends and yeah. and, and, and you and there was at the time these people were very very important they have a very good life right you know would artists nowadays want something like that? It feels like they, at least Western artists, it feels like the ones that I've known wouldn't want that kind of dependency these days. Not that, not the dependency, but the level of importance mm. that we had at that time. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because at that time, the artist was doing something relevant. Yeah. The artist at that time was recording history. Yeah. It was a point of reference. If the artist wouldn't, rec- uh, wouldn't make his work, we wouldn't know. Well, probably happened with the, 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 the invention of photography. Are you enjoying this conversation about our virtualness and our geographicness colliding? Me too. Hey, I would love to interview you. Do you live in a country that is not your home country? Let's talk about your experience. Let's do it. Contact me at Steph Fuccio, S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on any of my social media platforms. I am Steph Fuccio on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. So contact me. Let's line this up. I would love to get your opinion into these questions. Out into the world. Let's do it. So I'm a huge fan of technology. When people diss technology for making us do blah, fill in the blank, anything bad, it's oh, it's the technology that did it. It's the technology that the technology doesn't do shit. We do stuff. Exactly. But it sounds like part of the problem is that technology and tools to create art have gotten too much in the hands of the people, and everybody's doing it, so the artists aren't getting the attention they need. Mm-hmm. Is that part of what you're saying, or am I making sure? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, for example, mm-hmm. when when you have Photography. Mm. Why would you need an artist mm-hmm. to record the history? Mm-hmm. You know? so the artist becomes something decorative. Mm. It's not important anymore to to make a record of history or, or you know. Is there such thing as too many viewpoints on a historical event? Like, if too many people are taking picture of something really important that's happening, is that bad? Um. No, even when you have photography, everybody everybody have their their own point of view, mm-hmm. and it's a different point of view. Right. Uh, mm, a lot of people think that taking a, a picture is just a click, and yeah. but there is a lot that photographer puts in, in in his work right. when they're taking the picture. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can you can see it when when there is good photography, you can see mm-hmm. that you can actually identify the work of. A specific photographer yeah, 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 in, yeah. in his work. So, with all of the, if we stick with the photography example, with all of the photog- amateur photography online, how do we sift through all of that and give credit to the people who have fine tuned their craft? How is that happening now? Is it happening well, it, now? It is. But you see it now with, with, with Instagram. Instagram was a, a big hit. Mm-hmm. Because Instagram did what YouTube with video, mm. 
Instagram made photography democratic, mm -hmm. especially with with the filters. Yeah, you know uh, now a crappy picture can look professional. Like made in the filters. Yeah, but yeah. even with the filters, mm -hmm. you can see a style. You can see like, mm -hmm. like a person will have a trend and we have a, a, a favorite filter yeah. that we use and and that respond to something very personal mm -hmm. that this person have. Yeah. So it's like it's like the truth that there, everybody's gonna give you a, a version of the truth, mm -hmm. their own version. Yeah. So it's the, it's the same with even with photography. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so mechanical that you just push a button and the picture is right, there. Right, right. But there is the way you see things. It's the, the angle and the, the colors mm -hmm. that you use mm -hmm. and the, the treatment that you give to the picture. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna find if you if you're careful. Now it's, get, it's getting more difficult. Yeah. Some, so much people doing it, yeah. but you cannot find there are specific things that make up photography mm -hmm. very unique, mm. even if it's not professional. Yeah, because with the thing of trying to give the the people that put the most time and effort and skill into their craft, and there being so many photos out there, how do you? balance those two things. It, it, it gets more yeah. difficult. There's just so much. I mean, it's kind of a big problem with the internet in general. Mm -hmm. It's we'll probably look back 20 or 30 years from now, if not 10, and go, man, that thing is, was a mess. How could anybody find anything online? Because yeah. <laughs> it, it is a Before virtual Google, mess. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an absolute and complete mess. If a library were organized like the internet, who would go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't find it. I mean, you can find stuff, but is it the stuff that you need? Is it the stuff that you want? It's a mess. Yeah, I, I don't even yeah. I, I I don't even know how we would get any work done without the internet before it was so. Well, I remember when mm -hmm. I was working in when I just started working in advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we will browse. Yeah. Actual books oh, for pictures. Oh yes. And you will go to the scanner with the with a pile of books, yeah. and you will, and then, then you expand the pictures, and then. It, but we didn't have uh, yeah. Google Images, and anything like that. No. Twenty years ago, I'm so old. I did. Oh, you're old. I'm actually older than you, which I haven't told you yet. But yeah, no, I worked in a lot of different kinds of offices in different industries before I moved overseas, and a significant amount of that was with typewriters and phones. And paper, yeah. paper, and paper, and mm -hmm. paper, and filing cabinet rooms, <laughs> just yeah. with tons of paper. Yeah, but you know that oh now that we're talking about technology, mm. I think we're reaching a, a stage that is quite critical. Uh, we are in a dark ages, mm. I, I believe, mm -hmm. because we are so dependent on technology mm -hmm. that we are. People forget that we are still evolving. Yeah. We haven't stopped evolving, and all these habits that we're learning right now, mm -hmm. and all this uh, technology yeah. influencing the way we behave and the way we interact mm -hmm. with ourselves and with other people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they are becoming traits that you're gonna inherit in the future. If people don't believe. You, you remember the movie Wally? I didn't see it, but I have Disney? heard of it. Well, in that movie. Mm. They're supposed to be in the future, mm -hmm. the planet is destroyed, and mm -hmm. everybody's living in these huge okay. uh, spaceships. And you know how people live in those spaceships? They, they sit, they're sitting in chairs, mm -hmm. floating chairs, yeah. obese, mm -hmm. 
soaking a, a milkshake, a protein milkshake, yeah. and with a screen that yeah. keep you blind all the time, and you're just <sighs> going in circles. Yeah, and that is so. That's depressing. That is so accurate. What you that think that's where we're headed, honestly? If we don't make a change, yes. People, for mm. example, mm. there was a uh, uh, survey mm -hmm. uh, recently here in, Ch in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. Chinese people are forgetting their characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't know how to write the characters. Yeah. Why is that happening? Mm -hmm. Because we are writing only with the phone. We're, yeah. we're losing the ability to handwrite. The literacy rate that is said to exist in China is pretty inflated. If you go to the countryside, you'll notice very quickly when you show things in Hansa characters, this is no, no, mm -hmm. no. The literacy rate is not 95 or whatever percent they say it is. Also, the characters are insane. Some of them well, have yeah. like 13, 14 <laughs> strokes per character, two to three characters per word. I'm not surprised. Yeah, but we're talking about common use, daily use characters. No, it's not. No, no, no. I've watched those videos. They're not commonly used characters. No. And this happens, I don't know if this happens in Spanish, but it happens in English all the time where you have to, even before computers, I had to look up some stuff in a freaking paper dictionary because I forgot mm. where's the E, where's the whatever, where's it, does it have yeah. this or does it have that? How do you spell that? I don't think this is just technology. I think this is more mass information that we've got on We're and offline. We're consuming too much. We're consuming too much on and offline, but, but it's, yeah, not, that's it's, not, just, it's yeah. not just online. No, it's not just online. I think online. we're overloaded. Yeah. I think we do too much, we work too much, we don't have the sense of play that you're, I think you're kind of talking about with the creativity yeah. stuff. Yeah. We've, we've completely overloaded, we've gotten very serious. And and blah, we, blah, blah, we, blah. Have, we have people, more, more people that are mm -hmm. depressed. Mm -hmm. And that comes from and that. isolated. Yeah, exactly. We get, we get wealthy. You can see it with like wealthier nations. They get wealthy. They get wealthy. People start living apart from each other. And the depression rate starts to skyrocket. Yeah. It's yeah. so horrible. It's so horrible. So mm -hmm. there, there, there are studies that say that we are in the golden age mm -hmm. of civilization mm -hmm. where we have absolutely everything we could need in terms of technology. And uh, in, yeah. It's, well, people mm. say that we have a longer lifespan, yeah. that we have our, our basic needs pretty mm. much covered. For a lot of people, they don't. For a lot of people, yeah. fresh water is still an issue. Sanitation yeah. is still an issue. Well, obviously, they are not taking into consideration. But there is access. Yeah. It's like you said before, we, we don't have a scarcity. Yeah. It's just that all the resources are allocated in the wrong way. Yeah, very poor. Yeah. But there is no scarcity. There isn't. There's no, there's no excuse for these yeah. people not having water yeah. or food or medicine. No, no, and the whole thing of, oh, we're running out of land. Exactly. The world population, we just can't sustain it. There's so, still patches of land that are very, very inhabitable. So I think that is the, the criteria that they're mm -hmm. using okay. to measure this, that we're in a, in, in a stage, in an age where we have everything pretty much, or everything we need covered, and yet we are the most depressed, mm -hmm. the most disconnected, mm -hmm. the most isolated, mm -hmm. the most miserable. Okay, so if we consider the technology that we're talking about just a tool, 
Can we reach back in history? Well, let's do the thought experiment. Can we reach back in history and think of another time when there was kind of an explosion of information or tools or technology? Uh, keep in mind, like, pencils and paper was mm -hmm. a technology at some mm -hmm. point. It was a new technology. So is there any other time when there was such a surge in technology that it completely transformed how people lived? The... The Renaissance? I think, yeah. Or the Industrial Revolution? Yeah. And look what a mess we made then. Exactly. Yeah. The pollution in London was horrible. Horrible. And the diseases that, exactly. that came from that. And yet, there was, you know, there was that surge of bad crap that happened, and then it kind of pulled back. Mm -hmm. Are we going to do that? So, I, I think we are in that, that stage now. Yeah. The we're in that stage, stage that we're in the, the polluted, mm. the convoluted, the, the problematic stage that yeah. we have to pull back. Yeah. But I do believe that, that we, the history be, that moves in circles, in, okay. in cycles. Yeah. And we reached the same point, mm -hmm. probably at a higher level, but we reached the same point yeah. once and again and again. Yeah. And like you said, probably there's a moment for us to pull back. Yeah. Will we before it's too late? Because the earth will be fine. We'll destroy ourselves, if anything. <laughs> the earth will go on. <laughs> We're not going to hurt it. We're hurting ourselves. We'll have to ask to Al Gore. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? Because he's not very yeah. optimistic about No, no. So I don't know. So what, it, what would pull back with this technology and the internet and all of our devices? What would that be? What would we do differently? So we don't end up in those chairs morbidly obese with screens instead of people around. Well, there is a, there, there is a, I think that, that there is a new movement of people mm -hmm. realizing that they're spending too much time sitting mm -hmm. and I don't know if you have noticed that there is a lot mm -hmm. of people now, uh, more people walking yeah. and worrying and then people are, you know, counting the steps and mm -hmm. I, I think that is a little bit, I, I listen to this guy, mm -hmm. uh, another podcast that, that is great. Podcasters listen to this, so yeah. many podcasts. <laughs> there is this podcast called Tangential Speaking yeah. with Christopher Ryan. Ah. He's amazing. Yeah. Because he's he's like the no bullshit podcast, you know. Like he, it. Yeah. And he says, I don't like when people say working out. I don't like I don't want to work out. Yeah. I want to exercise. Yeah. I don't want to work I out. I want to move. And he said in America yeah. everybody's working. Yeah. And uh, the, if you go to eat and uh, you are halfway through your plate mm -hmm. and it's, uh, the waiter comes and tells you that you're still working on that. I'm not working, I'm eating. Oh, that's you so know? true. <laughs> that's so true, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't go to gym. I, don't ha yeah. I hate the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go to gym. I have to be bulk. I'm gonna, no, yeah. no, but I want to go to the park and, mm -hmm. you know, and ride a bicycle in the mountain and exercise. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. He said that we're getting obsessed, even at the point of mm -hmm. doing that, of maintaining ourselves healthy. Yeah. It's also an obsessive thing. Mm -hmm. um, but still good. I mean, the more people are mm -hmm. hiking and going out for, yeah. for walk, and, and, and I see a resurgence of that happening. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 that's one of the things that I want to encourage people, the same way they're trying to connect with nature, mm -hmm. Uh, because there's another doctor that says, uh, not, not a doctor, he's a journalist. He made a, he wrote a book called, um, I owe you the name, it's not, it's not in my mind right now. But he basically suggests that all the problems that we have with depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. and all these problems that yeah. we, 
is because we have lost connection with who we are as humans. And each other. Because he yeah. himself suffered of depression. Mm -hmm. And he realized <laughs> that the more pills he takes, mm -hmm. the least this pill works. Yeah. So he was doing research into that and mm -hmm. found out that there is no reason to be for us to be taking pills. Yeah. We just have to find ourselves and reconnect with who we are. Yeah. So he said that we we need that connection, that creativity mm -hmm. is, is a very important part of that connection. That, mm -hmm. that, that's, mm -hmm. that's what I'm hoping to to let people know that they have to reconnect with yeah. their, their grave side. And I'm gonna make you cringe right now. So, do you know the book Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert? No. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> it was a very, very popular book in a lot of places in the world, and it's very, it's this uh, travel book where she goes to different, it's mostly I think autobiographical. She went to Italy to learn about food and just relax and the joy of life. And then she went to India to do like self-reflection and then she went to Indonesia to do something else. I forget the whole thing. It was a really, really popular book. The author is a really, really poignant, creative, interesting person that takes a really interesting view on creativity. The book itself, I'm not a huge fan of her writing style when it comes to that mm -hmm. or fiction or some of the other things, but when she talks about creativity, it strikes a very big chord. She has a TED talk about writers and creativity and how writers have to, like people have this idea that they have to sit alone and torture themselves to be, you know, to produce this great work of art. She's like, and this is when this shift happened to writers becoming a solitary, you know, like creator and responsible for the, the stuff that, you know, came out of them. That's when the writers started being like heavily addicted to all kinds of drugs and alcohol and committing suicide and all these other things because it just, it got disconnected from everything. Mm -hmm. Instead of it being a communal thing or instead of it being connected to something greater, yeah. it became their responsibility to create this thing alone, silently, in mm -hmm. this room by themselves. Yeah. Anyway, I'll send you the TED Talk. It's really, really good. She also wrote a book called Big Magic, which is mostly okay, except for chapter five which focuses on, it reminds me a lot of your podcast, it, it focuses exclusively on getting comfortable with your creativity. Mm -hmm. And the kind of the self-talk that we do with creativity and to cut it the hell out because it's, it's not working. Like the one thing she says is don't think of your creations as your babies because then yeah. you'll never change them. You'll never, when it doesn't work, you'll feel like you are the failure, not that that just didn't work at that particular time and all kinds of things. Yeah, that's another exercise that I do with my students mm -hmm. uh, sometimes. I. I make them write something, mm -hmm. and I just make them rotate. Yeah. And this word doesn't belong to you anymore. Yeah. Two reasons. One mm -hmm. is that that you you should not be attached <coughs> mm -hmm. to your creations. Mm -hmm. And second, you have to learn how to build. Yeah. From the creations of other people. Yeah. Which is very important because yeah. everybody that's a concern that every artist has. Am I original enough? There's mm -hmm. no originality. Every single work that it's been done and it's gonna be done ever yeah. comes from somewhere else yeah, yeah, or somebody yeah. else. There's no originality and people have to mm -hmm. because that's another thing that gives you pressure. Mm -hmm. And that's another big factor in it that inhibits mm -hmm. your, your creativity. Yeah. So don't worry about or being original. Yeah. And Picasso said it. Picasso said uh, great artists uh, still I don't I don't know, I don't know how I got, but it basically says mm -hmm. that that, that Good artists 
copy great artists steal. That's <laughs> how it goes. It's so true. And to learn a craft, you have to learn the basics from someone first, and exactly. then your own style comes out of it. But you have to learn the basics first. So everything, yeah. every single work of creativity, mm -hmm. of creation, yeah. comes from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Influenced by somebody exactly. or copied by somebody. You're gonna take somebody, yeah. somebody's work, and you're gonna put your own. Your own poodle in it. Something, yeah. And you create change something it or new. take it or do whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you yeah. change it as uh, as much as possible until you make it yours. Yeah. But it's always going to be like that. It right? seems like such a relief to think that because then it's not just you have to do everything by yourself all the time alone. It's why? Why? What do we do that's that isolated thing? We don't do it. That doesn't happen. It doesn't creativity, happen. Creativity doesn't happen. <laughs> doesn't isolated happen. doesn't happen. No. My most creative moments is when I'm walking somewhere and that movement gets my mind thinking. Like exactly. I'll have just put down a book or I'll just listen to a podcast and I'll start walking somewhere and I'll go, ah, oh! and then I'll break out my phone to write it down so I can work on it later. But it's yeah. like that's when And you get influenced by somebody else or something else yeah. that you see. Or when I see something on the street or something, something, something. So, okay, before we wrap it up. So have you heard much from your audience yet? I know it's still a few episodes in. I haven't. What are you... People doing just don't send me emails. It's what a very waiting quiet, for? It's a quiet medium. Yeah, it's a quiet, it, it, quiet medium. no, it takes time. I, I know it's gonna take time. Mm -hmm. I, it's just picking up. I only have uh, less than three hundred listens, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm I'm expecting probably after the ten mm -hmm. episodes that people are gonna start. I I, I also think it, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. I I, th I know it's gonna take a while. For people to have the confidence to send me an email mm -hmm. with, with, with something they wrote yeah. or some piece of music they created, it's it gonna take a while. Yeah, I'm gonna still, you know, I gotta, gotta keep asking people and pushing for it yeah. uh, until somebody, I, I, I'm, you know, that day when that happens, that somebody send me something, somebody that who's not an artist, mm -hmm. send me something, it's gonna be a big celebration. It's so beautiful. I yeah. loved hearing that stuff in your podcast because so many podcasts interview focused and so many podcasts bring in really big name folks and I like just talking to people I don't want to say everyday people because I'm not gonna like push away an artist mm. or somebody that has done something I find really moving that would be ridiculous but yeah. just somebody who does something anybody who produces something and is just like I've done this mm -hmm. cool there exactly. you go yeah that's a beautiful thing They'll come. The, yeah the, They'll, jo yeah and just the the, the the action of creating mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about if it's pretty, if it's not pretty, yeah. Yeah, if yeah, it's yeah, functional, yeah. if it's not, if the neighbor likes it or not, or you love it. No. Yeah. Only the fact that you move your hands and your brain to create something that yeah. makes it beautiful, whatever it is. What are you doing to attract people to the podcast? Where are you posting? Well, I'm, I'm pushing, uh, yeah. Well, I'm using all the platforms of trying to use all the products mm -hmm. from available to, to post the podcast and mm -hmm. uh, I'm using the website mm -hmm. and Facebook basically Facebook yeah. and, and Instagram yeah, yeah, yeah. to to push the, the, the podcast and yeah I have a community of like 700 friends 700 800 yeah. friends yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that pretty decent and I'm hoping that these people would do the, the pushing for me yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, I, 
it doesn't. I, I don't see results right now. Mm-hmm. But they have to build up. They have to. And people have to it get used time. to. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah. People have to get used to. Even for me, you know, uh, English is not my my <coughs> mother language. So, for me to produce a podcast in English is very difficult. It's impressive, is what it, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult. It, it is awkward, you know, to be in front of a microphone talking to yourself yeah. is awkward it's, it's, it's something that you have to break and, and yeah. you know another thing that I want people to understand is that I'm going through the same process that the podcast is also helping me to, to grow and to break yeah. because I have my inhibitions and my, my barriers to, to break yeah. so this is a process that I want to do with people together. I mm-hmm. want people to help me, yeah. and I want to help people. And we do this together. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be in the position of, a, I'm the creative who knows all this stuff, and then you have to listen to me. To, no, no, not at all. Yeah. So I think that in a way, the awkwardness mm-hmm. that you hear in my podcast mm-hmm. and, and the, the difficulties probably with the vocabulary or the language or the accent, uh, I, I'm so self-conscious on, on this stuff. Uh, still, it's almost impossible not to be self-conscious when it's you in a room alone yeah. with the microphone. <laughs> I often face actually outside, like I'll put the desk here and I'll face out. I'll stand up and face outside, so it, it at least kind of gives me a sense that there's other people who might hear yeah, me somewhere. Talking to something yeah, because <laughs> it just yeah. feels weird talking to a wall. Yeah, it is difficult. It's, yeah, yeah. I but uh, I, I, I think this awkwardness reinforces this idea mm-hmm. that I'm not an expert. I don't, I don't want to be an expert. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I stress. I, I don't like the expert position because mm-hmm. when you assume that you're an expert, yeah. you, shut down, you shut down yourself and you, you assume that there is nothing else for you to learn. Yeah. And that is terrible. Ooh, which never happens. Never, never happens. happens. It's impossible. Never happens. Things change, people change, situations change. Yeah. Yeah. No, I laugh when some some places I've worked in the world they'll have like um, in Japan. When I worked in Japan, they had foreign language expert, and I was just laughing, going, "Never. No matter how good I am at analyzing or teaching language, never would I call myself an expert." That just at work. Although your resume is pretty impressive, I'm checking. What's that? <laughs> your resume is pretty impressive, actually. My what is it? Your resume. My resume? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I'm glad it looks that way. <laughs> it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> what am I going to do with all that education? I'm going to go Podcast. overseas and forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually coming back around slowly. If I could get the three podcasts going, yeah, I've got two more that I thought of last week. I, I, yeah, my brain is, yeah, yeah too many years in academia, my, my, I was very, very methodical and putting all of my stuff into my students and into my research and then, like, I left all of that mid-PhD program and came to China and was like, I'm going to take six months off and just work. Mm. And then I couldn't, I couldn't, I think I lasted until April, we got here in January and in April, my brain just said, no, I have to do something. I have to create something. And then uh, and, uh, everything just started. Just, you can't, you can't, can't, keep, <laughs> can't keep the creativity out of the child and, and just know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, one final thought. I know that your trajectory online and your trajectory in China are almost the same time period. Yeah. And I'm realizing this now because I literally do a timeline, <laughs> as you can see. So one of my questions that I want to ask is, has the way that you've used 
the online resources changed since you've lived overseas, but I don't know if that's a valid question anymore. Yeah, that's the thing that when I was leaving, uh, you know, I, I lost my virginity to social media in China. <laughs> I was about to hit pause. I'm like, okay, I can edit, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's... <laughs> Thank you for the sound clip. That's awesome. <laughs> Wait, what is that? 26, 24, yeah. <laughs> you realize that's going to end up on Instagram as one of my teasers. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> anyway, please explain. <laughs> well, yeah, in, in China was, probably because uh, I've been living the longest in China. Yeah. But also, when I was living in my country, or when I left my country, mm -hmm. like like I mentioned before, we just had <coughs> YouTube, very mm -hmm. new. I didn't know I didn't know about Facebook. Mm -hmm. I discovered all this stuff, all these tools in in China, and that's when I started using mm -hmm. those. And also, as a way, I think a lot of foreigners find it that it's a way to keep yourself connected to mm -hmm. to reality yeah. in a way. In, in, to your world, to your culture, and it's, sure. it's yeah. a very important way to to keep yourself connected mm -hmm. with, with your roots, with who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, in, in that aspect, it's very important. Mm -hmm. uh, another one is that for work, uh, if you don't, if you're not an, an expert, and I use that horrible word in in Chinese, mm -hmm. it is very difficult. It's very difficult. Mm -hmm. In that aspect, China is for Chinese when it comes to social media. And, and I'm not talking about the language. You could be an, ex an expert, mm -hmm. again, in Chinese, but there are these nuances, these cultural nuances, and, and, and the Chinese have a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, the way they, they, they say things mm -hmm. that is very Chinese. Do you, you think are that's not Chinese. different in different cultures? Like, do you think people coming into Venezuela would think that if they were reading, like, social media... Yeah, but you will get it in no time. Mm. You will get it. As you, a Westerner, do you think if a Chinese person came to Venezuela and was like dipping into the social media and like talking to folks that they met in no, person? No, I'm using uh, as a reference like, between, for example, if somebody from Spain go to Venezuela or somebody yeah. from sure. Venezuela go to Chile. Okay. That is happening a lot. Gotcha. At okay. the beginning, it's difficult. You have no idea what mm -hmm. they were talking about, mm -hmm. but then you get it. Okay. But from a foreigner coming to China, you have to spend... I don't know, 15, 20 mm -hmm. years here to get it, mm -hmm. to understand what is it, how they speak, yeah. and why they say the things they mm -hmm. say, and the jokes, and the, and social media okay. is a lot about that. It's it a is. lot about, you know, the the, the memes mm -hmm. and the trends. It's mm -hmm. about the local culture. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 so it's very... It's... It's, it's difficult. It's intense. If you're, if you're not local, yeah. it's very difficult in China. Yeah. If you don't get it, it, one of my other podcasts um, talks to folks, both folks learning and using Chinese, and, and folks who grew up with the language. And one of the gentlemen that I know that has gotten to such a high level that he's not only studying the language still after years and years, but he's studying Chinese script. Like that's how high a level. Like he can read, he can function, he can talk, he can listen, he can carry on, and all that. But he's actually looking at Chinese script, like just handwriting, mm. like how to decipher that, because that's a whole other different creature. Like that's how high level yeah. he is. He's like, I can't read Chinese newspapers. There's so many cultural references here and there and everywhere, and he's like, I can't. So he actually reads the New York Times Chinese version, 
to keep his language reading skills yeah, up yeah. because that's like the most neutral that's like global kind of diaspora yeah. Chinese so it's not yeah. just laced in this culture yeah it's really so when we are not adding the the, the dialects mm -hmm. and the oh yeah and the slang and, the and oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's just the the standard and in China yeah. that you have trends that, that you know Chinese people consume trends mm -hmm. like it's, it's unbelievable and well it's it's tricky because you've got uh, like you've got English and you've got Spanish which are used in multiple places mm -hmm. in the world and so you get used to the different versions of those languages right but then you've got Chinese and you've got like 5,000 years of history and language and culture and then you've got strong periods of isolation yeah it's just so hard to make those so comparisons yeah and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that all influenced the, the, the social media in China, mm -hmm. so it's very difficult to access that. Yeah. So even if, if you are well read or well, you have a mm -hmm. deep knowledge in Chinese culture and Chinese language, yeah. it's still this difficult, still to, really difficult to be very active in Chinese social media. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's crazy. Like I started, like Lichi is one of the podcasting sites in, mm -hmm. in China, and I put, I, got help getting it all set up and stuff and I started to put like a couple episodes there and I was like ah. but thinking long term I know there's a generation or two of folks that went overseas and came back and they're fluent and they could be mm -hmm. my audience it'd be interesting to have their perspective but realistically being able to navigate that site every time I have to upload stuff even the way they designed the website is completely oh different oh my gosh yeah. You wouldn't know where to click or what to look at because it's... It's, it's, it's so... Talk about being... I, I think they're rather messy. Mm -hmm. I think they're hard to navigate. They're well, not user-friendly. It seems user to friendly. work for them. Yeah, well, I don't know if it does. That's I mean, a whole other conversation. You I see Taobao yeah. or any Chinese yeah. website. There are so many things flashing at the same time. So many ads. That you don't so know what options. to read first. You don't, there is no a, a criteria. There yeah. is no order. There is, oh, well, there is no... But there's so got to be some order to, there, there must to be, be some somewhere. way, that'd be a really good question to ask someone at some point, I gotta get that on recording somewhere, <laughs> is what's the, what's the flow, where do yeah, you well. look when you go on there, because I, they're so overwhelming, yeah. it was the same thing when I lived in Taiwan, and that was traditional characters, which is yeah. even worse, more difficult, oh my gosh, and then the tiny font, like four and six font and it's like wait I can't even read that when it's 20 font it's so yeah, many strokes because they need that they need a size to fit all right. the stuff that they, it's unbelievable <laughs> it's so hard and I'm certainly not saying that the entire world should switch to all language whether it be Spanish or English or French or know, even it's Chinese it's just it's just so challenging when you're moving to a different script and a different culture that's so yeah, it's, Long, it's the cultural thing. Intense, that it, yeah. Even in, in, in online, there is a culture mm -hmm. that oh, yeah. that's what works for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder what it takes to. Now you've got me thinking, I have to find somebody who navigates an expert navigates that, that system. <laughs> I don't know about understand, but navigates it, interacts in it, that kind of thing. Like, I don't know many folks that do that, even though I do know a fair bit of folks that are functional in the language, mm. if not rather high level. That would be interesting. It would be. Like I've, I've met, I met one guy in particular who lives in Nanjing now, actually, and he reads like science fiction novels in Chinese. Really? Right? I consider that like pretty That's damn pretty high, high, high level. level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't actually ask him about mobile stuff. 
or Webster. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I've already interviewed him twice though, so I don't know if I couldn't do it a third time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that would be an interesting thing too to see, and then to find out from the Chinese perspective what do they think of the English websites? Are they too boring? Yeah, my really thing is there's nothing here. Yeah. There's nothing well, for me here. Yeah. Uh, nothing's popping up. I don't know what to yeah. do. <laughs> I just go to another website. Nothing. This yeah. website is inactive. <laughs> it's too bland. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. My husband lived in Korea before we met. And have you been to Korea? No. Apparently, there's a lot of fluorescent signs. And he's like, Koreans are the only people that go to Las Vegas and are unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're like, yeah, it's just a street. That's what that's what yeah. streets look like. <laughs> I don't see the colors. <laughs> so I really, really wonder what would that would be like yeah. on both sides. Anyway, thank you so much, Ronald. This no, has been so wonderful. Me. Yay. Do you have any final thoughts on the evilness of the internet? <laughs> How it be connects to what, you, what your online presence might be if you ever left China. Would you keep doing what you're doing now? Exactly the same, yeah. yeah. I'll be, I will be in the same places, in the same yeah. platforms. And yeah. yeah. And my, my suggestion or my final thought would be be cautious. Mm. Be cautious because mm -hmm. this could be like a drug. You know, mm -hmm. we, get, we get addicted to life, we get yeah. addicted to... And it can be depressing. We don't need another... Mm -hmm another thing making us depressed right so be, yeah be cautious use it be wise mm -hmm. when you use it use it as a tool yeah don't get used by it yeah. you use it absolutely cautiously. yeah it really really is our choice the two the tools are not doing it to us we are we're kind of getting drunk on the newness of it exactly. and hopefully that'll pull back at some point soon yeah. i have heard people of doing like mobile free weekends not in China, but in the U.S. Some people yeah, would just put their phones away. For yeah, it's becoming a thing, and it's great. Yeah. I sometimes I do, I do it because I, I have to do it. I have to spend I, time with my family. And I don't know if I could do a whole weekend. I do put my phone in other places, and I do turn it off for periods of time. I don't turn it off, but I, I just ignore people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've always been someone. Even when I had, like, a pager and a beeper and all of those technologies, mm. I was like, this is so that I can know if I want to. I'm not, if it goes off, I don't have to reply right now. They don't know that I'm available or not. Yeah, exactly. So do you, you have to make that conscious choice. And I'm so not perfect. I have gone down more rabbit holes than I'd Yeah, but it's up to, to us. To. It's up to us to keep it on the way and to, to keep it controlled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pull back time. That's what we're facing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much. And I'll put in the show notes, uh, I'll put all of the links to the stuff that we talked about as well as the website that Ronald's working on and all kinds of other stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Virtual Expat. And special thank you again to Damon Castillo for the music and to our special guest this time. If you'd like to be interviewed for this podcast, just send me an email or contact me on social media in the show notes. You can find all my information, or you can just jot it down right now. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. Steph Fuccio, S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O, Gmail, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. There you go. Contact me. Oh, also LinkedIn, too. You know what? I keep forgetting about that one. Hey, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to your questions, comments, feedback, any information and volunteering to be on the podcast as well. Thank you so much and have a wonderful, wonderful day on or offline.